God bless you. God bless you, my beloved children, the Church of God, Agape. I'm privileged once again to be able to share the word of God, the word of exhortation on this push pub camp uh, this weekend as we are together in these times of COVID. Hallelujah. Let me pray. chapter 5 from verse 1 to 11 and it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two sheep standing 
by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him, at the dark of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, and the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. Father God, thank you. The word has been said. I ask you that we now through your Holy Spirit, work Hakodesh, even as the word has been read, Almighty Father, let it be now as your word has been read loudly. Oh, Father God, according to the teacher given to us, it now moves and proceeds to go with us from the written to the spoken. The word moves with us now. Almighty Yahweh, from this written word, the spoken word, from the logos to the rhema, let your rhema begin now. In the mighty name of the Lord, Yeshua, Hamashiach, Amen. As we have read, and as I've already said, uh, this is the common scripture that we all know, and um, the Lord has continued to speak to me in a different way, in a way that I had not seen it before. But, uh, God is a good God. Fishermen who can't catch fish. Remember, I've already said at the beginning that we are talking of push as it, uh, triple P with U-S-H. P-P-P-U-S-H. -S That's the push we are talking about. Or P-P-P-U-B-H. In other words, we are talking of push, stroke, pub, camp, 2021. Um, push means pray, praise, Praise until something happens. I'm just saying this for the benefit of those who may have forgotten or for the benefit of those who may be unfamiliar with the term push and why the God of Agape gave us that term push ever since. And it has grown from just one push, P U S H, to now triple P S U triple P U S H. And at another men's conference that we had in Glasgow a few years ago, then we had 
uh, God gave us instead of push for the lady, for the guys, for the guys, it was pub for the guys. That pub meaning pray, praise, press until breakthrough happens. And so we say that in this vision, unique as it is, the ladies may be pushing while the guys are at the pub. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> the ladies pushing while the guys, go, the guys go to the pub. Now they come to a different kind of pub when they come to Agape. They come to a pub where they will praise, they will pray, praise, praise, press until something happens. Guys like to go to the pub, right? Hallelujah. Uh, guys like to go and have gotch gotch in the pub. So with this new vision, the guys come and they experience a different kind of pub. They still come to the pub, but they experience a different kind of pub. Because according to the, one of the lessons you will see in this scripture, in this chapter we just read, uh, and this of the script now I'm just saying, you know, is that if you want to and to 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 catch people, if you want to attract people's attention, use the language that they know. Hallelujah. Amen. Speak their language. If you want to attract men, talk about pub because they like to go. So, of course, they, we know that the ladies like to go to the pubs as well these days. Not the ladies in Agape, but we know people when they go to the pubs. You know, it's not just guys only, but the, the pubs are you know are full of guys and ladies. But if you if you come to the pub, you know you if you talk to the guys about the pub, they're like, yeah, now you are talking. You know, you are you are the man. You are the man. So we are saying the guys when they come in Agape, let's go to the pub. You know, and we. I'll be there with them. I'll be there with them, leading them, guiding them. Hallelujah. But what we do at this pub, we pray, we praise, we press until breakthrough happens. Hallelujah. While the ladies that are with us, they are praising, they pray, they praise, they press until something happens. Glory to Yeshua Hamashiach. Amen. Amen. So when you talk of when you talk of push, I have teach the church this. That people understand. When we talk of push or pub, ladies and gentlemen, we are talking about prayer that gets results. Are you all getting me clearly? We are talking about prayer points that lead you into prayer effort that, that brings results or testimony. Let me say that again. When you say push or pub, we are talking about prayer that gets results. We are talking about prayer points that lead you into prayer effort that brings results or testimonies. Mm -hmm. Prayer points leading you into prayer effort that leads you into testimony. Sometimes trying times come, but I want you to know that when trying times come, they force us to pray. By nature, they tend to do that. Some people don't pray until they are in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> some people will never think of God until something happens, you know. In very here now, they're saying, "Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God." You know, all the other time when they, when they, you know, you see, how it's, it's very funny with mankind how they are made. They, when they, they either, you know, matter how much of men can be, when they, are, when they are really in, in serious trouble, they either go rush to the mother or to God. Mm. True. <laughs> so how do I know that? I've never heard of any men, no matter whether they are whatever. But when they are in serious trouble, I never them say, "Oh, father, oh, father, way, father, way." They go, "Oh, my way, oh, my way, my brother, my brother, my way." My babo, my babo, my babo. Oh, my babo, my babo, my babo. 
<laughs> then when the my baboon doesn't work, then they're like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> oh, of course, yeah, yes. <laughs> trying times, they force us to pray. So that the testing of our faith can result in testimony. Nothing just happens. I'll say that again. Trying times force us to pray so that the testing of our faith can result in testimony. Nothing just happens. Hallelujah. So push means praying that tends tests into testimonies. Push means praying that tends our tests, T-E-S-T-S, into testimonies. There's no point in praying if you don't have the results. We are now teaching you prayer that, we, that gives us results. Praying that tends tests into testimonies. Your situation may be tough. Your situation may be difficult. Your situation may have given you tears. But it is beautiful when the God of Agape comes to wipe away those tears because of your prayer. How many of you know what I'm saying? Yeah. When you wake up one morning and you find that somehow, one way or another, the God of Agape has taken away your 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 your, your, your pain into 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 joy. You know, we sing the song, we have our sorrow into joy. It is beautiful when he does that. That's what gives you testimony from sorrow to joy, from pain to breakthrough. Hallelujah. Amen. So push means trying times that lead to testifying times. That's another way of looking at it. Push means trying times that lead to testimony, to testifying times. In other words, from this record, from the scripture we have read, and I'll show you as we shall go through it together, it is pointless to spend all night praying, or all evening praying, or all day praying, or even the whole month praying, or even 40 days praying, or whatever time you are going to do to pray. It is pointless to do all that. If after that, you have nothing to show for it. And today we're going to learn a critical lesson that I've learned from this scripture. That the church yes. is pretty much as good as showing me that the church is <laughs> They do a lot of pray, all-night prayers. There are so many programs of prayer that the church is doing, but to no effect and to no avail. If we now go through the text, before I go through the text, let me repeat this point that I've said. It is pointless to spend all night praying or all evening in praying or all day praying or all month or whatever time slot you give yourself praying when after all that you have nothing to show for it. And we are learning today, we're going to learn today about prayer that gets results. Pushing with results. And we've learned the lesson from the scripture we've just read. 
He's not the only one who could appear, but God, God gave me this one. Now, let's go through the text that has just been read. As I've taught you before, from the Logos to the Rema. What you read when you look at your Bible, those who are at home, where you are, if you, if you, if you will, please have your Bible open. We are going to go through it briefly, verse by verse. You know, verse one, we all know, it just says, if it came to pass, it just, it's just sort of preambling you, uh, to the situation that's happening there. That people came to hear the word of God by the leg. And now verse two says, they, he says, and he saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. Guys, I was amazed when God took me to the scripture. And I was like, God, you want me to share this scripture about Pushkin? I didn't understand what the whole point was. Well, I've never shared this scripture to do with Pushkin. And the Lord said to me, yes, that's, that, that's the message that I wanted to share with the people. You see, in verse 2, it tells us, that we have two empty ships. In other words, two empty ships means unoccupied vessels. And the scripture, scriptures tell us that we as human beings, as people of God, we are vessels. We should be vessels unto all. Every one of us is a vessel of God. We should be used of God one way or another. No matter how old, no matter how young we are, we are all supposed to be vessels of honor in the house of God. So in this case, we see in verse 2, the ships that are standing by the lake. Can you, have you ever seen a ship? That's curious. That, that the scripture is talking about a ship standing. We are talking of a boat, not ship, not, not, not those ones. But boat, they don't stand those things. But the scripture says they were standing. Oh my God, oh my God. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. Which means we are seeing here, the Lord was saying, the two fishes, the, the, the boats that are standing there are representative of unoccupied vessels. Empty vessels, vessels unto honor, which are supposed to be unto honor. Then it tells you, it tells you that by the, by the vessels, there were some fishermen who had gone out of the ships. Ay, 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 ay. Uh, mm -hmm. They were washing their nets. What that tells us is that not only were the vessels empty, but we also see tired fishermen who were washing their nets. In that verse, we see it's a summary. Of wasted effort. Mm. It's a summary of wasted effort. It means people, when you see these guys, they're washing their nets, they've gone out of their ship, they're washing their nets, they were tired and hungry and they worked hard for nothing. Wasted effort. They had worked hard for nothing. Then verse 3 is interesting. You find that he says, and he entered into one of the ships. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is amazing. The revelation I was getting here. Yeshua Hamashiach enters into one of the ships, which was Simon. When he enters into Simon's ship, when he enters into the vessel of Simon, are you getting me? In other words, Yeshua Hamashiach in verse 3, he entered into one of the unoccupied vessels. Mm. Simon's vessel, which therefore means 
Simon was an empty vessel without Yeshua Hamashiach. Because the scripture tells us that after he entered into the vessel, it then tells you further in the same scripture, my God, that towards the end of that scripture, that he didn't just enter the ship, he then sat down. And I remember one of the songs you, you may have uh, come across in one of the Lever of Love songs, I think Lever of Love number two. I sing one of the songs here about uh, uh, Revelation 3, verse 20. Behold, I stand in the door and no, if anyone opens the door, I'll come in and be with him and hear with me. You know the scripture and you know the song. I sing that song and I say, Chipping thy in thy after entering the vessel, Marie he sat down. Somebody say, Oh Lord, enter this vessel and sit down. Oh Lord, oh Lord, enter this vessel and sit down. It's only when he's entered the vessel, then he sat down. Point number three, after he then sat down, he started teaching the people from an occupied vessel. I'll say that again. After entering the vessel, he sat down in the vessel and then he began to teach the people from an occupied vessel. In other words, don't teach the people of God unless he is in you and on you and with you. Don't teach the people of God unless he is in you, on you, and with you. Then we see in verse 4, I will continue. He says, now when he had left speaking, he then said the spoken word, the rhema word comes. He says unto Simon, launched into the deep. You see now an instruction to the tired fishermen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> An instruction to um, the fishermen launched into the deep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hallelujah. Launch out into the deep. Launch out into the deep. In other words, the Lord was saying, You have spent the whole night praying. You have had an all-night prayer, but you have no show for it. There's nothing. You are a fisherman who can't catch fish. Now I'm saying to you, launch out into the deep. 
In other words, he was saying, there is plenty of fish in the lake. You just need to know where to get them, how to get them, and with whom you can get them. I'll say that again. When he says, launch out into the deep, the same place, the same lake where Peter and James and the other guys had been fishing all night. He then asked them, give them an instruction, launch out into the deep. What did that mean? It means he was saying, you guys didn't catch nothing, but there is still plenty of fish in the lake. The issue is, you just need to know where to get them, how to get them, and with whom you can catch fish. Now you see, verse 5 is very telling as well. It's very telling regarding the position of a tired church. Mm. It's very telling regarding the position of the church. And this time God was now talking to me about the church of God in general, not just Agape. Because I'm a prophet to the saints all over the world. I'm a prophet of God to the nations and to the saints all over the world. I wish the, even the servants of God who are with me, they, they now phone me. They, they say, we believe that you are the prophet of God. Who, God will give a word for us through you. Imagine other people are now beginning to phone me, other servants of God, saying, what is God telling you about my church? I'm God, what is God saying to, me, to you about me? They say that. I'm like, oh my goodness. What is God saying to me about their church? They ask me. There is plenty of fish in the lake. You just need to know where to get them, how to get them. And with whom you can get them. That's verse 4. But in verse 5, God was saying to me that this is the position of the church. It is very telling regarding the position of a tired church. Tired church, God was saying to me, there are so many churches doing, using and doing so many useless and pointless all-night prayers and all-night vigils. No wonder when people come back from an all-night prayer, you hear them using the word, I am tired. They are tired. Because what I know about prayer, when you really have prayed, and you forget to the side, that's how I feel. Whenever I have come back from a prayer, whenever I've come back from praying really seriously, I come back invigorated. I come back strengthened. I come back strong. I never come back tired. I don't know about you. You've had people after the all night prayers or after the 12 days of prayer, the next morning people will say, spend the whole day in bed. They say, I was tired because of prayer. And the Lord said to me, This is the reason. There was a lot of wasted effort. Everybody say prayer that gets results. Prayer that gets results. Everybody say pushing to testify. Pushing to testify. You see, when he says here, um, Simon answered and says, Master, we have toiled all the time and have taken nothing that's your all night prayer they have prayed all night and they have no testimony they have no results how many of you know that from my experience it doesn't matter how long I pray it's not about the length of the prayer it's about the effectiveness of the prayer that there are times when I've prayed all night and I continue to pray because I have not experienced or felt the breakthrough then there are times when I've prayed, um, some, something's going through or someone 
Ask me to pray for them, and I just pray within about five minutes. I don't know how I would have prayed, but somehow within within five minutes of me into the prayer, I feel already there's a breakthrough. I there's something I feel mm. when the breakthrough is there. Mm. I can sense the victory. I can sense it. And so after when I when I allocated myself maybe an hour or two or three of prayer, I find myself after five minutes or after ten minutes, I'm saying amen. I'm done because I feel the prayer is is, is done. What you are when times when I think ah, this is a small issue. I'm just going to pray for five minutes, ten minutes. I'm going to allocate ten minutes to it. And I find myself going on one hour, 30 minutes, 43 hours <clears throat> until I get, I feel in my spirit that I have received the breakthrough. Then when I finish, I'm like, oh my goodness. I thought I was just going to pray for only five minutes. But look, when I look at the time, because the moment I get engaged into the gear of prayer, ladies and gentlemen, I don't have a watch by my side. I will not be looking at the watch. I will not be looking at, I don't have the phone by my side. There are some people who say they are going to pray, but they have, they have their phone on their hands and putting it in silent. It's on silent. But how many of you know, I don't know if your phone behaves like mine. If it's on silent and somebody sends the message, it blips or it shows, it lights up, the phone lights up, it, it attracts your attention somehow. And when that attracts your attention, it breaks your attention to God. So may God help you. I've said something there. But that's my, my, my testimony. That I've, I, as I was going through this passage, as God was teaching me about this, I was like, oh my goodness. That's what I've been experiencing. Prayer. That gets results because until I feel the breakthrough, I cannot sleep. How I many of you know that sometimes I feel I can pray the whole day, and then I'm praying, and when I go to bed, I feel I, I feel like something is pushing me to keep on praying about that point. I my body is tired, but I feel that I have not got the breakthrough, and I wake up the next morning and I'm continuing. And then I feel that yeah. And maybe sometimes I end up feeling the breakthrough at 6 a.m. or 4 a.m. But the point is, you need prayer that gets results. So it's not about the length of the time. It's about the effectiveness of your prayer. You can pray for five minutes and get results. You can pray for five hours and get results. The important thing is, no matter how long you pray, if you're going to pray all night, make sure you get results at the end of it. So when, when Simon said to him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have not, have taken nothing. The Lord said to me, that's a message for the church. For the church, the whole church. I wish the whole church of God all over the world is hearing this. <clears throat> Here's the message. This, God was saying, this is the language from the so-called experienced prayer warriors. That's the language of, of the experienced EKs. They are speaking out of experience. They know how to do things. They pray all night, but they answer, their response is yes. We, they don't just pray, whoa. They don't just pray, whoa. They toil. They toiled all the night. And the Lord was saying to me, this is the experience of the church. You find people telling you that I've been praying for many years. I've, I've been in, in the church for so many years. I know how to pray. And these guys are talking of experience. But it's experience without him. You use the word toil. And when I double, the Lord just told me to double check the meaning of the word toil. I thought I knew it. But I had a general understanding of it. But when I checked it, I was like, my goodness. He says here, toil means <laughs> it's hard labor of the slaving kind. Mm. That's what it means. Hard labor of the slavery kind. 
They call it donkey work. It's where you get the word graft. Graft actually means hard labor of the slavery type. Toil means blood, sweat, and tears. Toil means to exert your mental or physical power and effort, usually under extreme difficulty and to a point of exhaustion. My goodness. I'll say that again. I found the meaning of toil. You'll find it yourself. There's so many ways that you'll find. But among them, you find hard labor of the slaving kind. You find the word struggle. That's what toil means. When you are struggling, extremely hard effort. It means donkey work. It means graft in slang. It means blood, sweat, and tears. Hey. Mm. Toil is to exert one's mental <coughs> or physical powers and effort, usually under extreme difficulty and to a point of exhaustion. That's what the experienced prayer warrior did. <coughs> they were not just praying. They toiled. And I think as I'm speaking here, some of you are beginning to experience your own prayers, your own, or your own time, or you are beginning to see visions of the prayer situations where you have been involved yourself. You can say, surely, yes, we were with this group, we were with so-and-so at that other place, where, at that venue, wherever it was. But for sure, you toiled hard the whole night. It was hard labor. But the point is, if you are going to have hard labor like that, it must get results. You cannot get pregnant and push and push and push and not have a baby. That's why we call it push camp. You have to push to get the results. You have to push to get a baby out. And so this idea of toiling, the Lord said to me, that's the position of the Church of God in general right now. Not just that, as I've said. May God help us. Let us say, may God help us. May God help us. May God help us. But I like this 5B. Thankfully, if the church would recognize this, it recognize where it is right now, where they are. There are people praying. I can assure you, there are so many prayer programs, church after church, they are engaging. And while I was in my spirit, when you were showing me that all those prayer videos and prayer all night prayer are just people who are working hard, toiling and pushing the walls and going yaka, raka, 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 like I told you last night, last time. They are just going raka, raka, raka all over the place until they are physically tired. But no, no, no testimony, no story to say a few days after. But verse 5b tells you that after you spoke about toiling all night, he said, after the, you see there's a colon there. He says, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Then there's a colon in verse 5. Nevertheless, I, I like that. Mm -hmm. Nevertheless, thy word, I will let down the net. Nevertheless, thy word. Let us all say, nevertheless. Nevertheless, at thy word, at thy word, I will let down the net. I will let down the net. You see, obedience is key here. There's no point in arguing on the basis of your experience. Peter could have said, Master, 
instead of saying, Master, we have told all the night, which is where he was almost going, and they've taken nothing, thankfully, something must have pushed him spirit to say, don't continue to try to talk about your experience. Something must have pushed him to then think, oh my God, I need to just obey here. Obedience is the key, not my experience. So many people are busy trying to tell God how many years they have been in the church, what they have done for the church, what they have done for this and that. God, you think God did not see that they were they were there all night? Don't remind him. You don't need to tell certain circumstances. Don't need to remind him how many times you have been in the church, how many years you have been again, how what what you have done this and the other thing. God knows that He is not. Don't waste time arguing with God on the basis of your prayer experience. Remember the same one I gave to you last time. Let it be unto me according to thy word. Let that come back to your mind as you read this point. Because it's, it's as if Simon had heard that message before. It's as if Simon was listening to my sermon. Because he then says, Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Let it be, Master, according to thy word. Obedience, the Bible says, is better than sacrifice. And you know the scripture. <laughs> you know the scripture. Follow his guidance in prayer if you want to get results, in other words. Mm-hmm. Consider, for example, his teaching on prayer that he gave to us in Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 to 15. I will not go there. I've taught about you. I've taught you about that. What the world calls the Lord's Prayer. And I've told you and taught you before why it is not the Lord's prayer, but it is the Lord's prescription on prayer. If you want me to teach the church again on this, I will do that another time. But not today, because I will digress, and that's a whole two, three hours of teaching on its own. But for those who remember my teaching, it's not just a question of remembering the teaching. We need to remember these teachings, bring them to remembrance, and apply them. That was his. So if you want prayer that gets results, you must consider his teaching on prayer, which is in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 to 15. It's a prescription on prayer. He says, Hallowed be thy name. There's a second part. The first part of it is our Father who art in heaven, which means you need to identify who you are praying to. We need to know which Father you are praying. Or maybe you are praying to the Father which art in England, or the Father which art in, in America, or the Father which art in, 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 in Harare, or the Father which art in, in Johannesburg, or the Father which art in Lesotho, the Father which art in Marseille, the Father which art in Lusaka, the Father which art in London, or the Father which art in Scotland. It doesn't matter. We are, we, you need to make sure that you are addressing your prayer <laughs> one and only to God, our Father who art in heaven. And see what happens, what, how, what follows next in the teaching? Hallowed be thy name. What is hallowed be thy name, like I've taught before? That is worship, ladies and gentlemen. That's praise, ladies and gentlemen. In other words, prayer that gets results is praise best and the worship it driven. You can write that down. I know you're writing it anyway. I will say that again. Prayer that gets results is praise best and worship driven. Hallowed be thy name. People are just driving their prayer. Prayers are based on prayer points. That's all. Oh, prayer point number one. Let's go to prayer point number two. Let's go to prayer point number three. It's not about prayer points. It's about prayer that is praised best and worship driven. Amen. But 
the church is so much hooked on prayer points. And they don't have time to worship God, to give him praise. Because it is the praise and the worship that gives you breakthrough. Somebody say, <laughs> we are talking, ladies and gentlemen, about the Jericho March type of prayer. Prayer that brings breakthrough, ladies and gentlemen. We that's push up. Push up. Prayer that brings breakthrough. The Jericho March type of prayer. You know the Jericho March that happened in the book of Exodus. You know that? Yeah. The days of praise and worship around the object or subject of resistance. That's what it was. Seven days of praise and worship around the object or subject of resistance. Now listen to this. Plus seven rounds of praise and worship on the last day around the subject of resistance. Now that's prayer that gets results. Now that's pushing that gets results. That's pushing that's not prayer point best. There's nothing wrong with the prayer points, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with the prayer points. We are saying that the prayer points must be circumscribed by a circle of praise and worship. A prayer point in the For the sake of those who understand Shona They say it's darkest before dawn. So God was telling me to, that to teach the church to watch out for the danger of giving, giving up when you are at the point of victory. That's what you find in the Jericho March type of prayer. Can you imagine if someone started complaining on March, after marching for six days? If someone decides to say, you know what, I'm getting tired of this. What kind of God is this? Why can't he say, why can't he just say, let the world break down and they will, they will, they will break down? Because after all, it's the same God who said, let there be this and it was there. Let there be the sun and it was there. Let there be the rocks and they were there. Let there be, let the earth produce this and this and it is that. Why can't he just say, let this Jericho world fall down and it will fall down? Why? Why? Why six days? Why seven days of going round? He wants prayer. That is resting on worship. He wants you to learn obedience. He wants you to know that sometimes you have to go for the long road, for the long haul, but don't go it alone. Go with him as long as you are going with him and in obedience to his instruction. You continue to push until something happens. That's what push stands for. Pray until something happens. Watch out for the danger of giving up when you are at the point of victory. The Lord was teaching saying, you teach the church. Don't abort the child when he, his head or her head is out because of the increased intensity of the pain at that point. For those who know about childbirth, I'm talking to the ladies now. They know this. The guys have not done it. Unless you've been like me, I receive things in the spirit. When I give birth like this now, it's painful. You need to know that at the time when the child is getting the head out, that's the most, because the head is the biggest at that point. <laughs> when the head is getting out, that's when it's most painful to the lady, and the lady will scream and cry and cry. And the Lord was showing me that some people break, break their prayer and give up at that point. Don't abort the child when his or her head is out because of the increased intensity of pain. Breakthrough is just about to happen. That's why we say push up. Breakthrough is just about to happen. When things get tougher, you get tougher. Hallelujah. The child 
The child is about to come out, ladies and gentlemen. The child is about to come out. Yes, it's more painful. Yes, but the child is at the door, ladies and gentlemen. It's more painful. Yes, but the child is just about to come out. Push! Don't say I've been praying for so long. I've not got a result yet. We from this teaching, you continue to pray until you get your testimony. You have to continue to pray until you get your result. We are talking now about prayer that gets results. Don't give up even if you have prayed for a day and it means God wants you to pray some more. Maybe the Jericomash type of prayer. He wants you to pray for six days. On the seventh day, he wants you to pray even more. Go around seven times. Obedience is better and sacrifice. We need a prayer that gets results. The children of Israel could not have gone to Canaan until they had the breakthrough of Jericho. Right. So don't give up. As long as you've got an issue in your mind that you're praying about, continue to pray and continue to bother me and bother me with your prayer request until you have the result. That's why Yeshua Hamashiach gave us the example of that woman who went, the Bible says, he went to an adjust guy who kept on pressing him, pressing him until eventually she got what she wanted. Prayer that gets results. Don't give up. And on this issue of giving up, I can say to you, give you another nugget, regarding your prayer life and your life in general, the genius thing you can ever do is to never give up on your dream. The genius thing you can ever do is to never give up on your calling. That's the genius thing. I'll say that again. Regarding your prayer life and your life in general, the genius thing you can do is to never give up on your dream. The genius thing you can do is to never give up on your, on your calling. Never give up on your prayer agenda until we have got the testimony. Prayer that gets results. One of the secrets we see in this story is that when you have a situation, no matter how good or bad, because good is, some good situations require you to pray as well. Some bad situations require you to pray. But the lesson we learn from this passage of scripture is that make sure you invite Yeshua Hamashiach in the situation. Make sure Yeshua Hamashiach is in your situation. In other words, make sure you invite him into your situation. Nothing will happen. Nothing will change in your life and in your circumstances until you do. Invite him in the first instance. Invite him into your situation. There's no point in going all night and pray without him because you'll be like Peter. You will toil all night and catch nothing. Blessed are you if you can invite him in the first place, not as an afterthought, not after a lot of failed efforts. For so many of us are in this situation where you know you are saying this teaching is for you today. Had so many failed efforts of prayer, but today this teaching has helped me because now I know. Make sure you invite him into the situation first. The Bible says, mm -hmm. my perish because of lack of knowledge. You know the scripture as well. Well, not you guys. <laughs> hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Because of lack of knowledge. Not you guys. Not you guys. No. Why? Because you have got, you are going yonder with your father. He is here right now to guide you through. As they say, mm -hmm. as long as you are with your father, as long as he is with him, and you are with him, and he is with Yeshua Hamashiach, 
<laughs> you will never walk. You will never walk alone. <laughs> you will never walk alone. Amen. Because you are with Amen. him and when you end up with your father, your father will walk with you. Is as if as if you hear uh, I know this guy who was singing and saying, Pereketa Mana, Pereketa Mana, Alpha Mega. He will not walk alone. To say if you are going to pray, you are not going to go walk alone. But if you walk alone without him, if you walk alone without your father, maybe you hear the same the same mutukuti saying, slow down, slow down, you are in the wrong direction. So we are walking together, walking together. That's why God gives me such powerful teachings. So we can walk together in him and with him. And we sing together, come in the way. Yeshua is the way. Oh, come. Yeshua is the way. When you finish, I'm giving you today. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, you will never walk alone. Ladies and gentlemen, follow your father. Follow your father's teaching. Let your father hold your hand. As Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. As long as you do follow your father. Go yonder with your father. If you go yonder with Yeshua Hamashiach, let me say this to you. When you do that, ladies and gentlemen, you will never. Let's look at verse 6. Verse 6 says what? And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes in their net broke. And the Lord spoke to me. I was like, wow, look at that. To me, I thought of just this, uh, the usual story of, you know, of the launching the deep. I think you guys have heard so many people preach on this subject, uh, launching into the deep. But in verse 6 and 7, we see what happens when you engage in prayer with him. When he is in you, with you, and on you. So in other words, I'll give you another nugget. For prayer, that gets results. Pray with him, in him, and in his name. For prayer, that gets results. Pray with him, in him, and in his name. While he is on you, and in you. Hi, 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 hallelujah. <laughs> when we have time, read Romans chapter 14, verse 11. I'm not going to read that. It talks about, you know, it's, it's a summer, if you like, something that is summarized in Philippians 2, verse 9 to 11. It's also found in Romans 14, verse 11, and Isaiah 45, verse 23. You find there is power in his name. So prayer that gets results means you pray with him, in mm. him and in his name while he's in you and on you. Hallelujah, somebody. Philippians chapter 2, verse 9 to 11, you know that, you know, it finishes by saying, all things, every, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Yeshua HaMashiach is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. Prayer that gets results. <laughs> If you look at verse 7, I move on for the sake of time. Verse 7 says, And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ships, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships, so that they began to sing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. And the Lord was saying to me, This tells you what would happen if, and that's a big if, what would happen if the church at large, the church of God, the church of Yeshua HaMashiach that he is building. If, and that's a big if, if we would pray the right way across the board, 
That's what would happen. We'd see the results in verse 7 that Simon and other people they conned other partners, people who were not even in this story. People who were not even in this story, they were beconned, yeah. which were in other ships. Yeah. That they should come and help them. And they came and filled both ships. Yeah. And the Lord was saying to me, when the church of Christ, the church of God prays the right way, vision by vision, when we pray the right way, men of God by men of God, when we pray the right way, church by church, when you pray, we would be calling each other. We would be calling even. And the Lord was showing me that if the church would be praying right, the church would be experiencing overflow. That's overflow right there, ladies and gentlemen. And that's the desire of God for the church. That's the reason why that story was told. And when you pray with him, in him, on him, in his name, while he's on us and in us, each church would experience so much overflow that there is no need for the churches to be jealous of each other as regards saying. Mm. The only people that are so jealous of each other are the churches, not the, not the supermarkets. People can go to Tesco and easily go, go back to, to Sainsbury and uh, uh, Waitrose and whatever other supermarkets. And the other supermarkets never bother. Why? If you, I saw you in Sainsbury yesterday. How come you are here today? Supermarkets don't bother. They don't mind. But church is my goodness. If they hear that we are in this other, we are not supposed to do that anyway. But the point is, we are supposed to be so full if we are praying together. We'll be saying, look, come and with more saints here. We are overflowing. We are, our, our buildings are overflowing, are overflowing to capacity. Can you come and get saints from us? And this other church will be saying the same thing. There's a church we just started yesterday day, and they are the servants of God will be saying, oh, we have got so many and overflow of saints. Come and get some more. Mm -hmm. so that can only happen when people realize that it is Yeshua who is building his church. Not people who then call the church their church. People who mm. call the people who go to the church my people. That's why servants of God say, ah, Vanuangu, Vanuangu, you are stealing my people. Because for them, it's their people. That's why I find people now trying to do what, what I've called fish pond fishing. They try to come and fish in the fish pond. They try to come and persuade people who are in another church. Yes. And you find where I am here, there's a street, a street, a whole street of churches only. One after another, the government gave them to build churches along that whole street. And I was talking to one of the servants of God. I found out that although these are also Pentecostal churches and other different kinds of churches, the different church members don't even invite each other when they and these are neighboring churches. These are Christians. And each man of God, when they are preaching, they are in different ways, sometimes directly or indirectly, discouraging their sons to ever step their foot to next door. Even to greet the man of God next door. If they see the man of God next door, they say to him, don't even greet him. He's not as much of a man of God as I am. Everyone is claiming to be the better than the other one. You know what I'm saying? And every church claims to be the better church than the other church. And that's why this is causing Yeshua to be crying. I, I saw him dropping tears because of this. So when you pray right, you find that in verse 8 now. When Simon Peter saw it, he says here, 
Hallelujah. Verse 18, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' feet. What did he see? He had seen the growth of the church after praying right, after doing the right time. You see, they didn't even spend a lot of time praying with Yeshua for the blessed people. It wasn't, they had connected with the right person. Within a short time, their nets were full. In other words, if you connect with him in the right way, within a short time, Agape will be full again. And you will soon be calling for other people to come and help us with the saints. Can you imagine? Imagine a day when the church will be at that stage. Can you imagine when the church, a day when the church, I mean the church at large, will be at such a stage that church by church, men of God by men of God, will be saying, ah, ah, please come and take an extra overflow here and take them to your church. That's what Christ is waiting for. That's what we're sure much church is praying for. And he says, look at what's happening in verse 8. When Simon Peter saw how the church grew, when Simon Peter there is, saw the results of connecting with him, in him, and on him, he fell down at Yeshua's knee. And you know what he says after falling down? He didn't just kneel down, ladies and gentlemen. This is now serious prayer. When you are now seriously in him, with him, you don't just kneel, you fall down. You fall down at his name. Then he said, what for me? For I am a sinful man, O oh Lord. What does that tell me? He tells us that when you pray right, when you pray with him, in him, him in you and on you. You give the glory back to him, number one. You don't become proud or puffed up, number two. When you pray in him, with him, when you are praying right, it exposes your frailty you and your need for threshing floor is magnified. No one should come out of prayer. No one should come out of pushkin with, still with a mind of blaming this other person and saying this person is like this, like this. Shua should come out of push, realizing, notifying, identifying their own weaknesses, and saying, "Oh Lord," beginning to cry about your 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 weaknesses, your pitifulness, if I can put it that way. <laughs> you pray right. You begin to identify. Let me put give the words that you you begin to realize your own pitifulness. You begin to realize, oh my God, what have I been doing? How have I been speaking to other people? What was my the nature of my behavior? You begin to identify when you pray right. You begin to realize your own protectness and you begin to go before threading for him, the threading floor with him, and you begin to say, Lord, have mercy upon me, and you will have a better church. What can I say? Oh my God, how can I say this? How can I teach this? When you pray with him, praying right. You give the glory back to him. You see, Peter didn't start boasting about the number of fish that he had caught. If you were me, if I were you in that situation, I am sure we'll boast it to the other fishermen and to say, look, look at me. Look, look, everybody, look, look, everybody, look, look, see what I have done. Instead of see what the Lord has done. No, you'll be like, everybody, look, look, see what I have done. See how much fish I have caught. Look, I'm the biggest man here. Look, I'm the greatest one here. But he was, he didn't see all that. He saw his frailty. He saw his need for the threshing floor, in other words, to use the language of agape. His need for the threshing floor was magnified because of prayer, because of praying rights. In other words, the more you pray, the more you realize your need for him. Hallelujah. And the more you pray, the more you will choose and decide to fully depend on him. 
Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Let me say that again. The more you pray, the more you realize your need for him. Number one. Number two, the more you pray, the more you will choose and decide to fully depend on him. That's why we sing that song, Yeshua. We are depending on you. The song goes on to say, but then Lord, you move the water. <laughs> Oh, Yeshua, we are depending on you. Google the song you see today. Google it out. It's all out there. I'm sure you find it on YouTube. When you pray right with him and in him, you will begin to realize your dependence on him. That's what you see in verse 8. Hallelujah. That's why you see, that's what you see in the response of Peter in verse 8. He fell down. That's, that's crazy floor. At Jesus' feet. And he said, depart from me, for I am a sinful man. He didn't say that before. He didn't say that when he, when he was telling him about his, his experience of pain. We are not told that as soon as they saw Jesus, they, he, he fell down on his feet. He didn't fall down straight away. He began to talk about his experience, his knowledge. He says, I've got a PhD in fishingology. I've been fishing all night, and I've been doing this for many years. But we even fished all night in this place. We didn't catch nothing. He would have gone on to say, but you come here, we've never seen you in these waters anyway. You are not one of us, you are not a fisherman. Where is your fisherman qualification? You are telling me to... He didn't have that argument with him, but he could have had that argument. But he just acknowledged him, he just says, okay, we'll do it. But he, he, we never hear him saying, oh, master, I'm a sinner, before I even throw into the deep. So Jesus did, Yeshua did all these things with the sinful man, knowing that he was a sinful man. Mm. So let's appreciate and recognize that even when you blame the faults of others, we have our faults fault, fault of our own. Let, let God, let God help us through the threshing floor to become better. I'm praying that all that I agape, please, please from this day, check what Peter did in verse 8. Begin to identify your own faults. Begin to check yourself. Say, what is it that I'm doing in the vision? What is it that I'm doing right now? That is, am I being a blessing to the church? Or am I, am I being the opposite? When you recognize your own faults, he, no one told Peter, Jesus did not tell him that you are a sinner. He owned he identified his own faults. Don't wait for someone to tell you that what you are doing is wrong, what you are saying is wrong. Don't wait. Just from this day, as you pray, you begin to ask yourself, hey, what really am I doing? That's what Peter did. And he is the one who confessed, I'm a sinner. And you see what Yeshua Hamashiach does by his nature. The moment you do that yourself, when you identify your own footsickness and you bring it before him, he does not condemn you. We don't hear Yeshua responding from verse 8 and saying, you are a stupid man, you've been doing this and that. He just recognizes his fault and he realized that Peter was genuine in his confession and in his repentance. So recognize your footsickness today and just say, Lord, have mercy upon me, I'm a sinner. And then you move on from being the person you were yesterday and the day before. You move on from speaking the way you were speaking the day before. You move on from behaving the way you were behaving the way before. You move, you move on from behaving online, whether you're on Facebook or Twitter, whatever you're doing, that behavior. You move on and move away from that. And become a better person and become a blessing to the church of God. You, I, uh, you identify your own footsickness yourself. Like Peter did, this is the lesson we must learn. Don't wait for someone to tell you. Hallelujah. And when you do that, Yeshua 
just like he did to the woman who was brought into adultery, as we know the story. He never condemns anyone. He just wants you to be genuine in your repentance. When you pray right, prayer, your own prayer exposes your own frailty. Your own prayer, your own praying time will, uh, will expose your need for threshing floor. Your need for the threshing floor is magnified in your own self. You begin to identify your own footedness and you bring before him that you are a better person tomorrow. And the church is better because of you. The more you pray, the more you realize your need for him. And the more you will choose and decide to fully depend on him. You see that in verse 9 now. For he was a punished and all that were with him in the drought. We are asking what that word means. Drought, draft. It's a draft of the fishes. Draft of the fishes which they had taken. He was astonished. Astonished now means it's a testimony. You are now opening your mouth and they say it's your mouth becomes agape, A-G-A-P-E for your own information. That's when you are when you pray right, you are so amazed you are agape. When you look at the word astonished, it means his mouth was open, like ha, huh? like really. Really? Your mouth really? was astonished. Really? When you see Peter's mouth open like that, they say in English his mouth was agape. You know what the word agape means? That's actually agape. You are like agape. Now, when you go through verse 9 to 11, let's go through them together. For he was astonished, and all that were with him, not just him, and all that were with him, and the draft of the fishes that they had taken. Verse 10, and so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus, Yeshua, said unto Simon, Fear not from henceforth, thou shalt catch man. Hallelujah, somebody. And verse 11 now says, they brought their ships to land. They forsook all and followed him. Like I said, when you do the right thing, when you pray in the right way, you decide, you, you realize your need for threshing floor, you realize your need for depending on him, and you choose to fully depend on him. They, they, they forsook, it, forsook all and they followed him. Hallelujah. When people or the church of God prays right, when we pray in him, with him, and in his name, there is a mass exodus of people that will follow him. When people pray right, instead of spending useless all-night prayers and all-night vigils without him, when people pray right, ladies and gentlemen, the church grows exponentially. When we pray right as a people, let's change. Guess what, ladies and gentlemen? You will hear him now saying what he didn't say to us before. You will hear him now saying, fear not, Magade. I like that word. He didn't say it at the beginning when Peter was saying, oh, I've been fishing all night. Yo, 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 yo. He didn't say fear not at that point. How many of you can look forward to a time of prayer and a time of being with him and at the end of it all, you hear him. Pick your name there and begin to hear him at the end of this weekend saying, my son. You can only hear him say that when you pray, right? You see the fear not in verse 10b. Fear not from henceforth, thou shalt catch man. It means from now onwards, you shall be an even better fisherman. Hallelujah. Mm. <laughs> to say the fisherman that can't catch fish. <laughs> from it <laughs> you are it can hallelujah <laughs> and you end up with it can you started with I cannot you end up with I can do all, all things through your sure <laughs>
fear not. When you pray right, you now say, I can do all things because you no longer have fear. You shall be an even better fisherman. When you follow him, when you pray right, you feel, you identify your own weaknesses and you bring them before him in prayer. You are cleansed and washed and you become a better person for the okay. weakness. And when you identify your own weakness, he deals with it and you become a better person tomorrow and you decide to follow him and you decide to depend on him and you decide to be a true follower of Yeshua Hamashiach. And when we all do that, ladies and gentlemen, if we all do that, ladies and gentlemen, the real agape will become the real agape for you. I will repeat that last statement. If we do that, ladies and gentlemen, if we follow what I have taught you today, the real agape will become the real agape for real. We will begin to follow him just like they did. The Bible invested in the, it says it. And they immediately left and followed him. They forsook all and followed him. We forsake. You shall leave everything put aside so that you can follow Yeshua HaMashiach. This God that I've introduced you to you all these years. This is the message, ladies and gentlemen, that God has given to me for in such a time as this, pushing past COVID, powering past COVID, pushing, praying that gets results, powering past COVID. We have made a determination that when we pray right and we end up deciding, realizing that without him we are nothing, we cannot do anything on the basis of our own experience and say because I've been in the church for so long and say because mm -hmm. I was on that day, we cannot depend on that no more. That's a message of this, of this, of this, that's a message in this scripture today. May God help us that now, now that we have learned how to pray and to pray right with him, in him, him on, him on us and in us. When we pray right, we get the results. We have prayer that gets results. And we follow him as true followers of Yeshua Amashiach, ladies and gentlemen. And let's sing together. I will follow with me. Let us determine. Let us agree that from today, I'm going to follow him with it. Now I'll follow him with understanding. And I'm going to be a blessing as a saint in the church of God Agape, as a leader in the church of God Agape, the real Agape. As you sing this song, let us be like those who have done the right thing. We have now learned to pray. Prayer that gets resigned. Let's all raise our hands and just begin to pray. Just begin to pray where you are as the way, as, as the Lord, the Spirit gives you utterance. Pray according to your understanding of the word today. Just raise your hands and pray with me for two minutes. <laughs> 